0: Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracks.com tracksforthejourney.com Thanks for listening today. Welcome to the Tracks for the Journey podcast. I'm Larry Payne, your guide on a path of personal growth in spirit, mind, and body. In this program, I'll be sharing ways to improve your well-being with practical insight and inspiration. We'll follow the tracks made by progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, culture, and science. I've walked this trail for years as a pastor, hospital chaplain, and licensed counselor. On this trail, there's so much for us to learn together. So I invite you to lace up your hiking boots today as we explore tracks for your life journey. I recently spent a few nights away from home. My borrowed pillow and I didn't get along very well. Just about the time I got it bent to the exact shape for my comfort, the foam would bounce back to its original shape. My head felt like it was bouncing all night on this foam pillow. I guess that's the basic character of foam pillows. They return to the original shape, even though it didn't help my sleep. Right now, the COVID pandemic has placed many people around our country and the world stuck in one place. We're enduring isolation, uncertainty, and sadness. and The question is raised no matter where we are, how can I make it through these hard times? The answer given by clergy and counselors is much the same. We must gain resiliency. I've offered some insights in a first episode of a series about resiliency that aired last month. In that episode, we explored the connection of resiliency and goals. Today, let's go further. Let's explore the ways science and faith enhance resiliency and our greater well-being through being connected with others. Now what is this idea of resiliency in connection with our emotional health? The term describes our capacity to adjust to the changing situations of life. A resilient person can gain inner resources to meet the challenges. Counselors and therapists today believe this quality is essential for emotional health in our complex world. The greatest value of resiliency is found when we are in stressful, difficult, or threatening episodes. With resilience, we become like that foam rubber pillow able to bounce back to our original shape. An inspirational teaching about resiliency is found in the book of Hebrews. This writing is a bit of a mystery in the Bible. If you're not a regular Bible reader, you may miss it tucked in the back of the New Testament. However, it really is a gem. Scholars say it presents the highest level of Greek writing in the New Testament, being lyrically beautiful to read, elegant, rhetorical, and filled with alliteration, wordplay, and balance. We don't know who wrote this beautiful work, but we do know the situation the first audience was experiencing. They were facing difficult times. The Roman world had periodic persecution of Jews and Christians, And many Christians were driven out of Rome in 46 A.D. In 70 A.D. it was even worse. Jerusalem and the temple used by Jews for hundreds of years was destroyed in the Jewish war. The years that followed brought times of economic pressure, family rejection, threats of submission to the Roman religious systems, and expulsion from the synagogues. These Christians had a hard time and this writer had a clear purpose for exhorting these faltering believers he wanted them to grasp the power of god with restored hope and courage in today's words the author wrote to build resilience among these followers in chapter 12 of the book of hebrews we read quote and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider this Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. End quote. Jesus is our example and companion with the skill of resiliency. He succeeded totally in the race of faith due to his endurance we might call Jesus the Enduring One, or just the Endurer. This passage describes the obstacles he overcame to achieve our redemption, and it helps us to understand how we can develop resiliency. As the Enduring One, or the Endurer, Jesus faced quote, opposition from sinners. End quote. We know this by reading the gospel accounts. During his ministry, he faced Jewish leaders, Roman rulers, demonic powers, stumbling disciples, skeptical townspeople. It seems like every turn brought headwinds for his ministry. More than once, he had to leave where he was teaching because he was in imminent danger. His arrest was engineered by religious opponents who felt threatened by his attacks on the corruption of that faith. Now these headwinds, may sound like our walk through life sometimes. We will face people who discourage, disparage, derail, distract, or even deny our path through life. Perhaps these are subtle affronts. Maybe the words of a relative might cut deeply. Or the opposition may come from within our own minds as the pride of our own life hardens against what we know is right. We can also face opposition from the circumstances that bring hardships. Just like this pandemic, it's blown away the security of many in their health and their work. The world economies are facing the greatest crisis in decades. And now the issues of racial inequality and social justice for every American have surged to the front. All these are real and monumental barriers to our well-being. Our resilience to live by faith, or even to live with authenticity, will be challenged by the pressures of this world around us. In my family, there is the story of my father-in-law, who was sued by his union when he worked through an illegal strike that took place many years ago. His union sued him for crossing the line to do what he felt was his duty as an essential worker. The case ultimately came before the Missouri Supreme Court, which decided in his favor. He weathered the storm by leaning on words from an Old Testament prophet who faced many enemies and said, quote, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them, End quote. we return to our episode, we can also find in the book of Hebrews further instructions about resiliency. Those verses in Hebrews say that Jesus struggled with his own fears in, quote, scorning the shame, end quote. It was speaking of the shame of the cross. Shame is the feeling of being unworthy, a hopeless failure, inadequate to offer something to the world. We should pause and hear this bold statement. Jesus had to face the temptation of shame. He had to deal with the opinion of the people who looked at him scorningly. He had to ask himself, quote, Am I worthless? Quote. He faced this when his family didn't understand him. He may have wondered about it when his cousin was brutally murdered. Even one of his disciples rejected and betrayed him. The ultimate shame was the execution on the cross, which stood as a criminal's punishment and a clear sign of abandonment by God. The crowds considered his life worthless and wasted. Jesus faced the shame that others heaped on him. And he might have asked, Am I worthless? Shame is real in the lives of so many today. The traumas of childhood have wounded millions of people. We can become embedded with the fear that we're unworthy, unlovable, and broken. The result as we try to cope might be a turn toward perfectionism, addictions, conflict with others, and other behaviors as the shame blocks healthy connections. But we can refuse the shame as Jesus did. The Bible said he scorned that shame. Why? He knew his status with the Father as loved and connected to him. In the same way, shame can have no foothold in our minds when we accept the grace, love, and presence of God. This freedom of acceptance for who we are, with no condemnation, yet with humility and with kindness, lays a foundation For resilience. With this inward understanding, we can push back against the outward pressures that want to crush us. Unashamed, we are like that foam rubber to bounce back to our original shape. As we continue with our episode, we turn back to that passage in Hebrews, which teaches us so much about resilience. It says clearly that Jesus endured the cross. He accepted its excruciating pain, embracing the discipline of soul when every fiber of his physical being screamed to escape. At one point, he began to recite Psalm 22, which begins with the lamenting words, quote, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The scriptures at that point don't continue the psalm, but many scholars believe that Jesus recited the entire psalm. It comes to an end by saying, I will declare your name before the people. God has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one, but has listened to his cry for help. On that cross, Jesus endured and brought forth the courage that completed the journey of redemption. This example of Jesus, in all three ways, inspires us. We can also turn to modern psychology, which has given new depth to our understanding of resilience. Dr. Sidney I, Professor of Psychiatry at Oregon Health and Science University, offers five skills that increase our resiliency. She teaches us that we should, 1. Identify and use our strengths. 2. Increase positive emotions on a daily basis. 3. Engage in meaningful activities. 4. Counter unhelpful thinking. And 5. Create a caring community. I'd like to focus on that last item, Creating a Caring Community. The reality is that many Americans have become less connected and more isolated over the past decades. Last year, over 60% of U.S. residents reported feeling lonely. We know with the pandemic and isolation, that number has increased. Jamie Ducarme authored a story in a recent issue of Time entitled, A Plague of Loneliness. She documented that most of us are out of touch with neighbors, inactive in social organizations, pulled away from contact with co-workers, and generally lacking the supportive interactions that provide strength when we feel weak. In fact, we've actually learned that loneliness is as detrimental to our physical health as smoking. With these examples, let's hold up a mirror to ourselves for a moment. What about you? Is your support network weaker now than it has been? Who can you turn to for real, caring support? In my counseling practice, I check on this factor regularly with my clients. And it's startling how many of my clients have no one they can turn to for a supportive, caring and honest conversation. They are alone in facing their issues. In order to increase our resiliency, it's vital to build a network of support and friendship. We're wired to be social creatures. Our brains respond to the signals we receive from others instantly. Being in contact with folks you know and trust will increase your well-being on a daily basis. It's not really very hard to do, either we can pick up a phone and make a contact. We can make a choice to attend a church. We could join a ceramic group or invite a neighbor to chat at the community room of the apartment complex. Yes, we might have to work at it a little bit, and some people we reach out to touch, well, they just won't click with us. But the benefits far outweigh the effort. Many people Find strength in the spiritual connection with Christ who endured the darkest hours of death. The Christian message is that God is with us on our journey. We can find emotional strength by meditation and prayer that receives the real presence of the Spirit in our struggles. We should remember that there is more than simply an example in this Jesus. He can be known as the Universal Christ in the terms of Father Richard Rohr, who writes, quote, The core message of the incarnation of God in Jesus is that the divine presence is here, in us, and in all creation. We are all in Christ, a cosmic identity that is driving and guiding us forward. End quote. It's true, we can overcome great adversity when we learn the skill of resilience. Like a foam pillow, we can spring back to our original shape after the pressure has ended. We can overcome great adversity when we learn the skill of resilience. Like a foam pillow, we can spring back to our original shape after the pressure has ended. The great leader of the United Kingdom during World War II, Winston Churchill, brought this message when he spoke to his alma mater in October 1941, with the Battle of Britain just one year in the past. Britain had been bombed for months by Nazi planes, with thousands killed during that terrible phase of the war. Even as he spoke, the war was raging in Europe and the Middle East. The United States had not joined the war yet, and no one knew how this great conflict would end. He said in his dramatic speech, Surely from this period of ten months, this is the lesson. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor in good sense. Never yield to force never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. We stood all alone a year ago, and to many countries it seemed that our account was closed, we were finished. All the tradition of ours, our songs, our schools, our part of the history of this country was gone and finished and liquidated. Britain, other nations thought, had drawn a sponge across her slate. But instead, our country stood in the gap. There was no flinching and no thought of giving in, and by what seemed almost a miracle to those outside these islands, though we ourselves never doubted it, we now find ourselves in a position where I say we can be sure we only have to endure to conquer. Do not let us then speak of darker days. Let us speak of sterner days. These are not dark days. These are great days. The greatest days our country has ever lived, and we must all thank God that we have been allowed, each of us according to our stations, to play a part in making these days memorable in the history of our race. Churchill spoke of resilience, and you and I must bring discipline and grit to our own journey, for there will be hard times. Some of us have already been through them, and there is certainly more ahead. Resilience grows when we reach out to link our lives with others. It becomes a skill in our lives when we receive the grace of God to follow the example of Jesus. Resilience grows when, in Churchill's words, we never, never, never give in. I'm grateful you've joined me today for this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your podcast host. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio on the high plains of West Texas, all rights reserved. Original music is provided by Howard Harper Barnes through Epidemic Music. The podcast is distributed by Buzzsprout. I invite you to visit the Facebook page, Tracks for the Journey, to learn more about what we're doing. And I welcome you to follow that page and enter our discussions. If you've liked what you've heard today, subscribe to the podcast, share the link with a friend, and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach me by email using the address trackspodcast@mail.com Let's keep making tracks on our journey to well-being.